Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field report. <laughs> Not sure what I did wrong, but at my house this morning when I left for work, we'd already received six inches of rain, and it's still coming down. Thomas tells me that a stretch from Hayworth to Leroy, north of 136, has already received between six and nine inches, and it's still raining. That brings our total in that zone after the last monsoon we went through somewhere in the 15 to over 20 inches of rain in less than 30 days. The crazy part, four and a half miles south here at the office, when I got here we only had 0.08 inches. So the good news is things south of 136 are looking in pretty good shape. Sitting here at the office, Watching out the window and seeing this thunderstorm pounding Hayward just three miles north and rain rolling by us to the south, <laughs> I think Moses himself or somebody he knows must be planning on coming to our Corn College event. So he's kind of parted the sea around us here at the campus. Which means our campus here will be in great shape, I hope, for our field day July 21st, as well as the Corn College events August 3rd and 4th. The forecast for our field day looks good. So we're setting up for uh, all weather conditions, no matter what happens. It'll be a rain or shine event, but it looks like we're going to be able to get out into the fields for our classrooms out there. Wet weather this past week, especially those wet mornings, has kind of hampered pollination. Getting a lot of guys calling about the three inch long silks, and we know we can put on about a half inch of silk a day, so that means we're running six days without pollen. Um, so scouts, it's go time right now, especially in those fields that got those uneven pollinators out there, the ones that are coming up late. We've got to be on top of this um, with for the silk clippers. And the silk clippers, again, being the Japanese beetle, the rootworm beetle, the western and northern. Uh, I'm going to add in the red-headed flea beetle. It sure looks to me like this guy's clipping silks uh, when he's heavy enough out there. And the northern is uh, is the green rootworm beetle. The western is the striped uh, beetle. Those are the two that you're going to see out there. And again, why we want to be on top of it is these wet mornings have reduced the amount of pollen that drops every morning. So that's why the silks are getting long. We need some dry weather uh, to get this pollination going. And you know, it looks like the ticket is next week to get a lot of good pollination on this late April and May corn. Now the northern corn rootworm, as we're doing farm visit stuff, is showing up in more and more fields here in central Illinois. If you do have predominant northern, um, let us know about that. I want to start tracking these fields because uh, it seems like this is something that's changed just in the last uh, two years right now. So that's the green uh, beetle, not the striped beetle. And it brings unique challenges with it as far as the extended diapause goes. I was talking with Joe, uh, working with our customers up there at Osage, Iowa, and he said this week brought an explosion of northern rootworm beetle, and they are right on top of their silking up there, so they're going to have to start spraying uh, to control for silk clipping. Remember, we need at least a half inch of silk to get pollinated. Now, I'm not talking one silk half inch long. They all need to be at least a half inch long, so when you see that clipping, you're going to cut that husk off, give it a shake, see how far you are in the pollination window. If the silks left on there that don't shake off are less than a half inch long on the end, you need to get these beetle under control. 
Now, one other thing to throw out there, if you're spraying for rootworm beetle, there's a very high possibility that these are homegrown beetles. Unless you have a pumpkin field next to you or maybe severe pressure in a neighboring field that's moving into your direction. But if you're fighting a heavy dose of beetle across the field, they came from your field most likely, whether that's corn on corn or corn on soybeans. The main thing to remember is whatever you use to control rootworm larvae this year didn't work. So that's important to know. If, it, if you're using an insecticide, um, it didn't work. If you're using a seed treatment, it didn't work. If you're using a trait for rootworm and you're out there spraying for silk clipping, it didn't work, meaning that you have resistance. If your insect control or your rootworm control was a hope and a prayer, it didn't work either. So as we uh, fix these fields, we got to get them pollinated, but do some good root digs and see how much damage you have on that system, especially where the northern's involved, because if your trait failed you this year, these eggs are going to get laid in that same cornfield, and you are going to have to deal with it two years from now. And using the same plan you've been using isn't working now. It's not going to work in two years. So again, let's, uh, let's take this guy serious and here... In Illinois, we're not seeing a lot of silk clipping issues. They're popping up in pockets, but we got to stay on top of that. Next week, though, I think if the forecast is right here in Illinois anyway, it's going to be a gift to getting this corn pollinated and get this thing off and running. As I survey the water damage here locally, I have to say it's worse than I originally thought last week. These holes seem to continue to grow, and now, of course, after this morning, it's going to get a lot worse for you guys uh, here with us in McLean County that are taking this beating. Fortunately, it's not a big area though, uh, but it definitely sucks if you're in the middle of it. In the field visits this week, a lot of the early April beans are at R3, but they don't look like it from the road. Some of these R3 beans are not closing the rows yet. So don't let that fool you as you plan your fungicide applications. We have a lot of those early April beans already at R3. There is pods up in the upper portion of that plant. Now again, this week as we continue to visit the soybean fields, looking at the light colored areas and the low lying areas that took on some of this water and comparing it to the darker areas, definitely we have dropped some pots and pods are still dropping as well as flowers. So unfortunately, these lower lying areas that you're seeing out there in your early planted beans, I do believe they're going to show up in the yield monitor this fall. Maybe not so much as our May, May beans. Uh, they got a little time to yellow up and come back. But I think we're giving up some of our early plant premium where these beans have been stalled out due to water issues. And unfortunately, with all the flowering going on out here on top of the wet conditions and next week's cool temperatures, I do expect white mold issues in our fields that uh, carry white mold problems. If anyone has a white mold born field that's prone to uh, white mold and has 360s undercovers, I would love to get some white mold plots comparing the undercover to the over the top to both of them together. And if you got that out there and you're thinking about uh, managing white mold and you're not underwater uh, and want to give that a try, just let Isaac or I or Matt know. We'd love to uh, work with you on some plots in that area. Doing farm visits uh, earlier in the week down by Winchester. Uh, early corn is done pollinating. Looks like it went pretty good. Their later April corn is 
kind of in full pollination right now. We were in fields that were already above threshold when it come to disease. I was surprised to see how much disease uh, that I saw that was up in and above the ear zone. Some hybrids, it was northern leaf blight already. Uh, you can tell it's just getting started, but there's enough lesions there. Others is GLS and physoderm, um, rust. But uh, I was a little bit shocked by how much pressure. They're always ahead of us here in Hayworth when it comes to disease pressure. But you can tell this wet weather is, um, is making a difference in that area. Good news, though, the growers were on top of it. The fields were already sprayed or were getting sprayed. So they were on top of it. It wasn't sneaking by them. We're here at Hayworth. The pressure's definitely picked up this week uh, compared to other weeks, but it's not as strong as what I saw down there. Now we're getting in reports of tar spot coming in from Matt over there north of Quincy and our customers up by Metamora. This tar spot is on the lower leaves uh, out there in the field. That means, again, it's homegrown. It's coming from last year's tar spot or two years ago tar spot out in that field. Here again, I'd love to try some fungicide with drops or undercovers to see if we could delay that tar spot from getting up into the ear zone. I know plots can be a pain, but we don't know enough about this disease yet and the amount of damage that it can do. This disease deserves our attention, so some plots would really help here. Farm visits this week up in the Iroquois County area. Things are looking good up there. Um, corn is about middle pollination to just getting started. Uh, like everywhere else, you can see the disease pressure up there. Beans are in the R2 stage for the most part with a notable amount of bean leaf beetle. I'm not sure why it's so much heavier there, but we are going to keep an eye on that. We are getting some nitrates in from the wet areas and continue to get some in as guys are double checking. Uh, i got to be honest with you, the numbers are starting to concern me now. We are now seeing total nitrates in the top two foot into the single digits and sometimes into the four or five part per million range. Some of these fields are not pollinated yet, so they, they may need some help here to get to the finish line, especially if they're dehybrids. It's mainly the low ground that's in trouble in some areas within the field. Now, parts of McLean County, these areas have too much damage already to chase them with more in. But in the other areas where the stands are good, yeah, we may have to stay on top of this Let's, let's not drop the ball now as we're um, looking at a pretty good price for our corn. Up in the uh, Donovan area, the sandy soils are showing the end losses. Uh, they're starting to show up and we're just coming into pollination. Again, there's another area we need to stay on top of. Especially if you're under pivot, we can fix this pretty easily under pivot. A lot of the corn is short this year, making high clearance rigs still a possibility. And of course, there's always the uh, process of doing it by air. If you can get someone to stop spraying fungicide long enough to put their uh, nitrogen applicators back on these airplanes. But that's another option that we can look at. I still see a big crop out there on the farms that I visit, but the threats are mounting against it in some areas more than others. So scouts, we gotta stay on top of it. Don't walk away from it now. Take it to the finish line. We have a good crowd coming for our field day. If you haven't registered, please do so to help us prepare. Looks like the weather is gonna work with us uh, so we can be outside. 
but it is a rain or shine event. Those of you coming to Corn College, don't forget to get signed up. It's coming up fast. Who knows? You might even get to see Moses. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe. Keep her moving.